everyone, I'm AudioNerd64. And I am Big Nakuma. And we are again friends, your game of friends. Your game of friends. I was I was gesturing. He was gesturing, but that's not the point of that. He didn't take the bait. That's not the point that's of not, that. That's fair. Mm-mm. Logging on, we got releases. MLB The Show and eFootball 2022. <laughs> sports. <laughs> I love sports. Uh, <laughs> We're also talking Unreal Engine 5 E3, Activision Blizzard, GDC, and ads. Capitalism in the games. Oh, I hated that. These past two weeks in nerddom, <laughs> Ghosts of Tsushima, Moon Knight, Thor Love and Thunder. And in the home screen, we are talking Horizon Forbidden West, Destiny 2, Apex Legends, Shredders, and Tunic. Well, let's log on with sports. Um, MLB The Show 22 came out. It yes. is a Game Pass game again. They took off 21. So I think uh, that's fine. Like, okay, maybe you like 21 more, but you could you buy it if tough, you want to keep playing luck. 21. Yeah, and then, you, you know, you get the new shit. I personally don't understand. Because I don't play these games, I don't get really what the difference is. Well, you know, better physics, new players. They might change up the career mode. Even really? Though, do you know those? Do you know that to be true? I mean, I don't know, like, what specifically. No, you don't. I mean, like, I'm just, I'm like in Forza. More to sport. Those are uh-huh. the kind of changes, you know, yeah. that we that we see. Okay. So I'm just relating it to another sports game. Forza doesn't come out every year. No. I, <laughs> those are the breaks. <laughs> E-football, which was lampooned <laughs> last year. No. This is the uh, FIFA competitor. That, um, that is, like, unplayable and awful and broken. Yes, 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 yes. But maybe 22 isn't. I have heard nothing. So much like yes. comments regarding WWE in our last episode, no news is probably good news for mm-hmm. eFootball mm-hmm. 22. God bless him. So in some sad gamer news. Hmm. Well, sad for us, but not sad if you're Jeff Keighley. Uh, E3 is canceled. That's why I'm sad, because now it's just Jeff Keighley's <laughs> show again. We have to see him twice per year. And th- th- it feels like E3 is dead. Even Did though they imagine? say they're coming back next year, it feels like it's dead. It does feel like it's dead, because it's felt like it's been dead for yes. a few years now. Um, so I feel like this is the, oh, we should go on a break, but you're actually just going to break up and you're just delaying the inevitable. Exactly. So that's exactly right. Which I hope is not the case, but it feels like it. And and Jeff Keeley will reign supreme. You know, we can never do anything involved with Jeff Keeley because someone will look back and be like, oh my God, they said that? That's so mean. That's also true. So, however, <laughs> if I was ever asked to do something with Jeff Keeley, it would have required an amount of selling out that I probably would not ever agree to in the first place or obtain. Just kidding. Maybe one day. <laughs> I would like to think that I would say no and that someone would ask. Okay. I would like to think both of those things. You're right. I should have loftier goals. <laughs> I have, I'm I'm short-sighted. You're me. also completely correct. <laughs> More things that we hate, ads, are potentially coming into games. 
Microsoft is working on some kind of dynamic ad insertion for its free-to-play games. hate that. They gave the example of billboards in Forza. Which is or racing games. Did they say racing games? Or I think they said racing games, but yeah. But for, that's what they mean. <laughs> Not me being upset about dynamic ad insertion, and that is literally the advertising technology that completely funds the entire podcasting industry. So that's fun. Um, I don't want it in my games. I just feel like I don't pay for most of the podcasts that I listen to. So it's a fair trade-off to me that right. I have to listen to an ad, which is already a fucked up thing. To think. Like, capitalism has already rotted our, my brain. Exactly. It's brainwashing us. I propaganda. shouldn't even have accepted that, but I have. Right. My first dumb lizard brain reaction to this was, <laughs> well, at the very least, it's going to be on billboards and not anywhere else. And then immediately I was like, wait, that's a slippery slope. We should oppose this from jump. They're going to start putting it on, like, each individual bullet as you shoot out on a... FPS. That's exhausting. I I have a fundamental problem with this, obviously. But I think more so because aren't microtransactions supposed to be... That's what I was going to say. Give me things to buy. Make them slightly less expensive. I might be more inclined to buy them. And, you know... No, it's not it's not sustainable. There's just no way that you're not making enough money already via microtransactions. But they have to keep making more money. And that's the thing. This isn't going to be something that replaces microtransactions. It's just going to be on top of microtransactions. It's really going to take federal regulation. Like, <laughs> there are countries that are considering banning all forms of loot boxes and microtransactions that might be what it takes to move us into an ad-only model. But at this point, I don't even know what's worse. Like, if I pay a premium amount of money for an experience, that's all I want. And I I don't care if they say it's going to be limited to -to free-to-play games right now. If they have the technology, they are going to try putting it in a paid game. Well, what I don't get... I know they did say racing games and like Forza is like the only one that comes to mind because I am basic. But if I'm paying for Game Pass. That's a great question. I don't need this. I don't want no ads. I'm paying for Game Pass. That's a fantastic question. If Game Pass don't make you enough money, that's not my problem. Well, it's going to become the consumer's problem. But is I- it free to play? <laughs> is Is that a category within a service like Game Pass, do those games become considered free-to-play? I would say no. I, I, by definition, it's not free-to-play. Well, technically, nothing is free. You have to buy the Xbox <laughs> to begin with. But that's, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I would say fuck that. I'm paying money already to be included in the service. I don't want ads. God damn it. And I'm thinking, like, where would they put an ad in Apex Legends? <laughs> I can't imagine a situation where that would not be awful. Yeah, instead of the banners to show you your enemies and who the top person is in the lobby at the moment, they'll just be like, here's what's something that video monster energy and that's low hanging fruit. Just imagine like 
if every game was like Death Stranding, I have to tell you, that was one of the worst fucking parts of that game and no one talks about it. <laughs> he literally put fucking ads for AMC and Monster in the game and it was atrocious and it was horrendous and everyone just kind of <laughs> glossed over it. That's it, not what I want my future was, to look like. It was a masterpiece, Jordan. It wasn't a fucking masterpiece. It was the, a disaster. The ads were a part of the experience. I'm still so mad. <laughs> About the time that I put into that game, I was throwing shit grenades, I was, and everyone was just cool. Like everyone what was cool the with the fuck? shit grenades <laughs> and the ads. I can't stand it. Sadeo Kojima, man, you don't you just don't understand his genius. No, I don't. I don't fucking understand it. Not at all. Whatever. Anyway, it's not just Xbox. Sony, days after the Xbox news leaked, basically said, "Wait." We don't want all the hate to go to Microsoft. Please said, give us some. Hate we us want to hate on me, haters. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only gaming podcast that I can make that you're gonna get that kind of reference. So <sighs> subscribe on your what? platform of choice. <laughs> what a reference! <laughs> that was great. <laughs> There's that cough. <laughs> anyway. Fuck this idea. I hope that the backlash is swift. It seems like there still is some amount of power that the community has in terms of just being angry about things. Gamers rise. Like NFTs. A lot of the talk got shut down pretty quick. (laughs) Quickly. (laughs) And good. Jesus, Cedric. It's just, I can't help it. We have to go on another break. Another break. Thank you, Jordan. Unreal Engine 5 is coming. Last episode, I was like, why the fuck should we care? And thank God for TechCrunch. I think they heard my call. I actually don't know when this was published, but they do have answers for us. Hmm. Very good article. Um, it's going to change the game, literally. I, I see it now. Mm-hmm. You see it. Um, one of the main things is that instead of... So in the world of game development, because none of us know how games are developed, all of the things are made in separate programs. But basically, like, the lighting is made in a different program than the music, is made mm. in a different than the sound design, in the graphics, blah, blah, blah. And Unreal 5 is going to put all those things together. So it just makes for a more seamless, better, more powerful experience. Um, and the article goes on to speculate uh, how else uh, Epic can use that to their advantage. But I was like, oh, okay, I see it for her. Yeah. I, now I understand why I should care. It is um, going to put the next gen in next gen gaming. I, I think it is not just a huge deal because of the additional technological capabilities, right. but it is so much more powerful. That's why people are leaving their proprietary engines for it because they recognize that the amount of time and energy it would take to update their own internal engine to recreate the level of sophistication that they can achieve via this software that already exists. You might as well just... Exactly. It, it, it has to be a monetary thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like CD Projekt Red sat down and crunched the numbers <laughs> and said... <laughs> they said, well, we fucked up <laughs> our own engine, so... Let's just use this one. We can either spend millions and millions of dollars on updating ours, or we can spend a fraction of that to use this other thing that's already done. Yeah. And what's interesting about uh, 
bigger companies like CD Projekt Red using it is that Epic is eventually going to get a cut of that money. Yes. Epic is going, much like Steam, makes just prints money for <laughs> Valve. Right. The fact that Epic spends time and energy on developing this proprietary software means that they are basically going to make money off of every video game sale. <laughs> there are just so many games so many that games. are going to be using that this will, engine. You, they don't make money until it reaches a million dollars in revenue. Okay, but... For, I just want to say, like, not everybody's giving Epic a bunch of money, but, like, everybody is, quote-unquote, giving Epic a bunch of money. Now, let's talk about this. If I was a developer, if I was an indie developer, mm-hmm. I would be fine making $999,999.99. <laughs> Y'all have to buy this many copies <laughs> after that. I'm shutting the page down. There's no more sales. <laughs> 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 Whew, we're going open source. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, there's got to be something in the contract to prevent that. That would be funny, though. That would be funny. Um, but yeah, it, it is a it's a big deal. Uh, I do think that the next consoles <laughs> are gonna be able to like fully realize. Yeah, yeah. and then there's gonna be unreal. It's just gonna be that cyclical loop forever. GDC happened. We got a lot of interesting news. Um, a lot of interesting talks. I will say one of the highlights for me is that there was a COVID outbreak proving yet again that it is not safe to be meeting in mass in the way that people are trying to pretend it's safe to do. I hate you so much. First of all, just want to say that. Second of all, the devs were surveyed. Something happened. I don't know if it was a guess. I don't know if it was a survey. I don't know if there was just a reporter going around and talking to people. Um, and and I apologize for not knowing the details, but the takeaway was devs don't want to do NFTs. <laughs> They're not interested in NFTs. They agree with the community that they're pyramid schemes. And it's very clearly <laughs> venture capitalist tech bros who are looking, you know, at becoming the next CEO of whatever the fuck who are trying to line their own pockets, basically. I mean, as people who make the games don't want to put them in, I guess we've won. You Perhaps. Can't, you can't put them in if they don't want to make them. There was some interesting game award news. So if the game awards are really the Golden Globes, then the game developer conference awards are the Oscars. <laughs> There's also the Independent Game Festival Awards, which is the Spirit Awards. So... <laughs> They're analogous. They're analogous. We do this every award season, and I'm sick of it. Well, who knows who could be listening? If you didn't know that, you're welcome. Now you do. Sorry if you already did. Anyway, the Independent Game Festival and the Game Developers Choice Awards both take place as part of GDC. This year, Inscription, the indie roguelike card game with devil shit, it won both. It, it won Game of the Year at both. That's never happened before. Oh, well, congratulations to them. And congratulations to Inscription. Yes. Devil Worship. No, I'm just kidding. Listen, Devolver Digital loves Devil Worship. They love <laughs> Devil Worship. I hope people understand that that is just a, a joke. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I don't, whatever. It's just, I, I don't want someone to sincerely think that. I'm wishing bad on a game because... <laughs> no. I, I would never wish bad on 
devil worshiping. Anyway, I haven't played it for that reason, but I have heard really fantastic things about Inscription. I also thought it was very interesting the caliber of games that were winning at GDC. Um, it wasn't a lot of AAA stuff. I, I think because it's devs, they really respect mm. the work that indies put in that AAAs, not that they're not there, but it's much easier. So Valheim by Iron Gate Studios, which was a project of like, what, 10 people or something, mm-hmm. that won several awards and by all accounts was one of the most talked about games last year. I thought it was interesting that visual art went to Ratchet and Clank. And best narrative went to Psychonauts 2. Oh, well, you like that. You like the experience of watching that one. So that makes sense. I did. I I think that the narrative should have gone to Guardians of the Galaxy. But <clears throat> I think that there is some MCU fatigue. I'm attributing it to that. Not that Psychonauts 2 wasn't good or didn't deserve it. I'm attributing Guardians of the Galaxy that one because no one fucking played it. <laughs> That's also true. It did just go to Game Pass, and the developers were like, well, at least a lot more people are playing the game now. So maybe there will be a sequel and more people will buy it, including me. I didn't buy it at launch for the same reasons no one else did. And when I bought it on sale, I was pleasantly surprised. (laughs) Right, you got there eventually. I did. On sale. I did eventually get there. Finally, I just want to shout out that It Takes Two, which was like the darling of the... Game Awards only won Best Design. Not that that's nothing to sneeze yeah, at. Can you fucking but... imagine being like, oh, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> this prestigious Game Award, they only won one award. I just losers. kind of expected them <laughs> to win more major categories given how dominant they were at the Game Awards. That's mm. all. Finally, Activision Blizzard is up to shenanigans. That whole... You just got to dump them in rice, man. Oof. Start over. I think at this point we should just throw the company out. Anyway. (laughs) I think all companies should be thrown out. Gavin Newsom, (laughs) the governor of California, the Democratic pro-labor governor of the great state of California. (laughs) He's running interference for Bobby Kotick because, as usual, politicians are actually only interested in serving the rich and powerful. Love that. Uh, news broken by Jason Schreier, which <laughs> can I say it wasn't on the gaming desk that they put this. They put this in the politics desk. So now Jason oh, Schreier is doing politics. He's broken major political news. A top lawyer, Melanie Proctor, the assistant chief counsel for California's Department of Fair Employment and Housing, said in an email to staff on Tuesday night that she was resigning in protest because her boss, Chief Counsel Jeanette Whipper, had been abruptly fired by Governor Newsom. And apparently, this termination was retaliation for kind of going a little bit too hard on Activision Blizzard Gavin Newsom essentially trying to run interference for Bobby Kotick and make some of this stuff go away with the lawsuit. Wow. It is not shocking to me at all that Gavin Newsom 
wine cave governor, for those of you who pay attention to such things, that he would do something like this. It's not at all surprising that someone would throw unionizing workers under the bus like this. Naturally, the Activision Blizzard union folks had very interesting reactions to this. The governor has since denied these allegations. However, I don't think you resign and email your whole team unless you have receipts, if you're a lawyer. Oh, yeah. No, lawyers only deal in receipts. They're like... (laughs) They're like tax people in that way. They don't, you know, like yeah. there's proof because they have the burden. You know what I mean? <laughs> we were hoping when we recorded the last episode that more information would have come out. None really has, probably because it involves very serious allegations and a lawsuit. Um, <laughs> but I'm excited to see what happens next because I think that these types of things only galvanize workers. They only serve to underline the fact that really they are the ones that hold the power and they only unlock that power by working together. The politicians and the state are not going to save you. You have to save yourselves and you save yourselves by banding together with your fellow workers and creating a fucking union. And if you're a big evil corporation, you're going to do everything you can to break up those unions, which includes... (sighs) (laughs) Activision raising its pay for QA, but not for the unionizers. They don't get a raise. No, this is actually a very common tactic. Oh, great. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. I still really want to do a whole episode about the unionization process. Mm. Obviously, we need to like ground it in games for it to be appropriate for this podcast. But, you know, corporations do a lot to avoid negotiation. Mm -hmm. It's a non-obvious reason why they don't want to negotiate. It's not just like, oh, obviously they don't want to negotiate. When you negotiate, you get access to financial records. You get access to Mm -hmm. budgets and to other types of plans that they have that are internal. You can't just share all of those with your membership. They're proprietary. But they often underline just how much more money they could have been paying you this entire time, basically. And one of the tactics to avoid further exposure through a mediated negotiation process is very specifically to give crumbs to everyone else. More crumbs. Yes. To show people, hey, we are willing to increase salaries, but not if you do this. (laughs) Unfortunately, it's completely Mm. legal and it totally sucks. It often backfires Mm. is the good news. Okay. I think it demonstrates to the folks who are eligible to vote on the union that clearly the company does have the money and is just choosing to withhold it. Mm-hmm. I also think that it is common in places where management is not optimistic. So I think that's good news, actually. What they're trying to do more so than stop Raven QA from unionizing is prevent everyone else from unionizing by giving them more stuff to satiate them. 
that's actually pretty encouraging news, I think. I will recall as part of a process that you were familiar with, a group was offered a much better deal to abscond. (laughs) Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. They actually ended up being a part of the union. They did? Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't realize that they did. Yeah. Interesting. Well, anyway, it's a common tactic, um, and it, uh, it, it usually backfires. So hopefully it backfires spectacularly. Um, every week there's just new news about how they're just huge turds. They're just fucking pieces of human shit. Thank you for that uh, image for the listeners. <laughs> Thank you. I'm me. channeling Hideo Kojima. <sighs> you turn it into a grenade. <laughs> <laughs> the union Lob is it turning. At an AMC ad. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to throw a shit grenade at Bobby Kotick. <laughs> that would be great. Oh boy! I hope someone gets in his eye. All right, all right. <laughs> These past two, I guess we can make the joke days. Mm. <laughs> in nerd but actually I have something to say uh-huh. about last episode uh-huh. um, I, I don't think it was egregious but I did shit on the VFX people uh-huh. that do that work on Marvel and I, what I didn't really think about is how that funny enough is also a labor issue yes uh, VFX people are largely ununionized that's correct and it is I wouldn't say maybe not easier, but it is more cost effective for a mega corporation like Disney to exploit ununionized labor. That's exactly right. Than it is to correct things or build things or make them at the source and hire the talented unionized people to do that. Completely um, correct. So I just wanted to say that out loud and, you know, no ethical consumption. What we should also point out (laughs) in the Thor trailer, which we are going to talk about, there is a shot that is taken pretty much frame by frame, pixel by pixel. What? Whatever. It's a shot right from the comics. It's right from the comics. And of course, Twitter immediately asks the question, is the artist going to get paid for this? The answer is no. The answer probably is no. But it shouldn't be, and I think that that's a topic worthy of pointing out as we continue to see manifestations in the MCU that we thought were confined to the pages of comic books. Mm -hmm. There are artists and writers who came up with these things, and they should be getting fairly compensated given that their work is being so directly Adapted. Well, Jordan, when you're a work for hire. Yeah. No, it's a it's a real problem. I think unionization would help a lot of these <laughs> problems. That that's really the solution in the meantime. I mean, the ultimate solution certainly is the abolishment of capitalism. However, in <laughs> we can only lifetime, get there, but so quick. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think mass unionization. Would, <laughs> is the way to would go. go a long way. Baby steps, baby steps. Um, speaking of the Thor trailer, it came out, 
And it just looks like a lovely romp. Looks like a lovely romp. It looks like a lot of fun. It looks like a lot of fun. It looks like all the characters will be romping with each other. Everyone's bisexual. Yes. Oh, boy. Yes. Which we love. Chris Pratt doesn't love that. No. No. That would be so bold. That would be something that I think... But I wouldn't want to see it. You know what I mean? No, I think you're right. I think that it would somehow turn me straight to see... Chris Pratt engaging in any kind of homosexuality. Would. I, I think that the brand would be tarnished mm-hmm. beyond mm-hmm. further association. Anywho, um, I'm here for the new Mighty Thor. We're not calling her Lady Thor. She's Mighty Thor uh-huh. with her big womanly muscles. She does look jacked. Love that for her. She does look pretty jacked. I'm very interested to see if this is a multiverse thing. Or what? I That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. Given that she was blipped, I think. Um, maybe there's a connection there somehow. Oh yeah. I don't remember exactly what the situation was, but someone asked if Jane Foster was blipped, and they said it was a spoiler. Right. Oh my god, that was like years long. ago. Yeah. So I'm curious about what happens. I feel like we're going to have a much better picture of the lay of the land after Doctor Strange next month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless, I'm excited to see a full trailer. This was just a teaser trailer. I'm happy the gang's back together. Gamora's presence is missed, I think. Mm. Yeah. I don't. I think that they're going to fake us out. I don't think that the Guardians are going to be in this for much more than like no, five minutes. No, I, I literally was like, they're going to be in this movie for like two literal frames. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's going to be Thor. I'm excited for Thor to go on his retirement journey. I'm excited. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it'd be nice to at least have one original Avenger have a good retirement tour. I want to read the source on this, but then I kind of don't because mm. I don't want to, you know, can you even say spoil yourself for a comic that's been out for a while? Maybe spoil the potential movie plot, but I don't guess. I guess the thing is they're so different. Like I'm finally yeah. reading Hawkeye and it's different enough that the entire premise is, is fairly different mm. and I kind of wasn't expecting that at all and so I think if I had read it beforehand I wouldn't actually have felt like it was super analogous mm-hmm. I don't know we'll have to see I also want to read Moon Knight um, because I'm really enjoying Moon Knight it's very good It's very Oscar Isaac is doing exactly what he needs to be he's understanding the assignment do you know what is in the sarcophagus the one the one at the end no. I was going to say a third identity. I'm excited for you to see. Okay. Cool. I'm excited for you to know. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's it's good. I have really enjoyed it. What I'm kind of going back and forth about is the interplay between the main characters, the, the villain and, and uh, Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. I'm unclear how they're interacting so much. Without it being like a big confrontation, you know? Every time. You're just used to when a villain and a hero meet up, you're just ready for a fight. Yeah. And these niggas is just talking. <laughs> like, oh, hey, hey. 
you're after the thing, I'm after the thing. Hey, Basically, I think it's part of what makes the villain so menacing mm. is that he doesn't seem that pressed mm. about it. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the ride. I'm enjoying the ride. Um, a lot of folks are also enjoying um, the representation. Seeing a lot of folks actually talk about having dissociative identity disorder, like yeah. on TikTok, using the um, the music that they use in like the first episode to like uh-huh. goes back and forth. So that's been cool to see. I appreciate that the representation is not offending people. Yes, yes, and like actually weaves itself quite well into the narrative of the show. Yeah, I think it works. I'm I'm excited to see the rest of it. There's two episodes left. That's it? That's it. No, it's going to be like an eight episode thing. No, it's only six. The faces mm. of the moon are filling in. No. Um, That does mean that our watch along for the finale is coming up. That's right. But only if you subscribe on Patreon. That's right. Only a dollar. That's all. <laughs> only a dollar. That's all we're asking for. We are actually one person away from 10 and one dollar away from 50. That's exciting. Look at look at the growth. The growth. We, we love, love to the see growth. it. Um, in some non-MCU news. Ghost of Thankfully. <laughs> Sick of hearing about it. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is going to have a movie. It is going to have a movie. Sony is going to make a movie. That's what we know. <laughs> And that's what Sony is best at these days, I hear. Mm. I uh, am excited <laughs> because it's apparently the same creative team. There have oh, been okay. some rumblings on Twitter. You know, are we going to do the whole honor cliche in the movie too? Maybe we can find a different another angle. angle. Another entry yeah. point. Mm. I, listen, I'm not Asian. So it's just not my place to say how it feels. I don't think in any way that it was um, making light of or a mockery of or even done in a tropish way. Mm. It is certainly a trope, but I don't I think that the game took itself very seriously. And, you know, it, it was it was applauded by the Japanese government and, and like other institutions in Japan. They like really appreciated the game. So I'm excited for the movie. And I'm excited for the fans of the franchise to have more IP to dip into. It's beautiful. We love to see intellectual property exploited in its many forms. Mm. Many, many forms. Certainly. Certainly so. Well, I think it's time for you to drop some music. All right. Okay, let's talk about the little things first. Horizon Forbidden Army Sound. We both played Shredders. We did. I was wrong. You were wrong? I thought it was like going to be super simmy, gritty, realistic, etc. No, it's not that. Uh, No. It's cute. It's like a, it's a cute little, it's like, 
I don't know how to describe indie. It's indie. Yeah. Uh, I would say like just the snowboarding of Riders Republic indie, and I guess just not as much bells and whistles. I think that the snowboarding in Riders Republic was better, which unsurprising given you know all the money that Ubisoft can throw at things. I don't remember the snowboarding in Riders Republic, but I did like. The, the snowboarding of Shredders. Yeah, I have real-world experience now. Oh, my God. There's nothing wrong <laughs> with it, and it's a perfectly serviceable game if you really love snowboarding. I guess I was just expecting a little bit more from the game, and I do think that I have played of it what I will be playing of it. Yeah, it's um, it's only like a 9-gig download for Xbox on Game Pass. Um, basically, you go in and... Uh, pick a character, pick an avatar. They are dressed in a way that you can't see any skin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which will be my get up for next season because I will be snowboarding even though there'll be COVID all over the mountain and the huh. trees and shit. Uh, so, it, which is like hilarious because I just feel like that is only a convention of indie games. And I'm like, huh, I wonder if like everyone just did this. Like, the voice actors are clearly white, but I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, I can see myself in this character, kind of. Or at least, I guess, more so than his, you know. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, I mean, the, the controls are pretty basic, but it's fun. Um, the one thing I do kind of wish it had uh, the, is vibration. The controller doesn't vibrate. Hmm. Which is... I guess it's weird because any kind of sport, but especially that is pretty tactile. Like, I kind of, like, want to feel what the snow feels like in my controller. You I know? did not like the snowboarding. I think, honestly, if... I, I think this game was probably... I mean, I could should look into this before I make it, but it feels like this was made for PC first, and then, you know, they made a version for consoles. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. But... Uh, I think the snowboarding would probably feel a lot better if there was some sort of vibration. And I, I was kind of like playing it and I was like, why do I feel anything here? And then I was like, oh, my controller's not vibrating. That would be a cool game to see to just play on a PlayStation with a dual sense, I think. Listen, that would be an incredible experience. Although, if there was no vibration. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, get vibration in there and then. Play on a PlayStation 5. But yeah, no, it's cute. And I'm keeping it on my console. And I'll pick it up when I'm bored. Hmm. Really quickly, I tried to play Weird West. We didn't include it on the list because I don't have much to say about it other than that it was actually unplayable. Um, I couldn't sign in at first. And I had to reboot the game. And then I finally got past the initial part. I went through a full cutscene. Awful disgusting shit happened in that cutscene, And then I couldn't move my character when I finally loaded into the game. I reloaded the game again and the same thing happened. I couldn't move my character. So I uninstalled it. That a game does not make. No. Unfortunately. Well, that sucks. I've heard that there are some like really weird technical issues with it. Mm-hmm. It looks like it would be up my alley if it wasn't so dis like it's like really gory. Mm. It's very occultish. It's pretty much not 
for me, but because it was described by someone whose opinion I really care about as disco Elysium esque, mm-hmm. I was I was pretty interested. That was that's very compelling to me at this point. Um, and Disco Elysium was no walk in the park. Like that was pretty gross too, but in a different way. Like when it's horror gross, there's just something in me that I, I'm just not interested in those kind of narratives. Mm-hmm. So I tried, but I, I it literally was not playable for me. That sucks. In Apex Legends, Control came back. At You're towards- playing Apex Legends? Shut up! I'm always playing Apex Legends. Wow. Uh, yeah, Control came back, and it's, uh, quite funny that it won't stay around for a long time, because I think it's the only limited time mode that people actually like. (laughs) I mean, I, look, so Control is, like, the, the the Halo Control. It's the exact same thing. You pick a place on the map, three zones, steal your zones. Um, very basic. I really like it because it is just hectic and action the whole time, and... Some people might argue differently, but I think it's a good place to just warm up. Get your little your little dailies done or whatever for that mode and, and you know, move on to Battle Royale, mm-hmm. which is the only true mode in that fucking game. Nobody likes arenas. <laughs> I don't blame folks for not liking it. I think there's one new map that came out this season uh, that's pretty cool. It's a bit smaller and the spawn points for the teams are very close to each other and it like kind of juts out instead of you know having like two being on like the complete opposite ends and meeting in the middle um so that's been interesting but uh arenas is just like not it especially if you're playing with a bunch of randoms and they forget that apex is a team game because every random person that i play with forgets that apex is a team game see that's really the thing you need a squad because I remember being really hyped for arenas, and I also never want to play it, really. Yeah. Control is definitely a much better warm-up uh, activity. I hope it comes back for real. I just want, they just need to make it a permanent mode. I mean, what sucks about it is that it is a bit of a mess, because it's like, it's teams of nine, and each, and you're in a squad of three, so it's three squads of three make up one team, but you can't really communicate with the other uh what six people that you're playing with yeah um which sucks they that needs to get fixed i would even be happier with it if it was like smaller maps and smaller teams i don't know if it could work as a 3v3 i mean it could work as a three like a destiny that's basically arenas (laughs) i know that it's different the control yeah i don't know i don't know i don't i'm not one of those people who's gonna sit here and theorize and think about how to make a game better because I don't make games. But Apex is Apex. Interesting. I played a little bit of Tunic. People really love it. I um, am not giving up on it yet. How about that? He didn't like it, y'all. I, listen, when they said it was like kind of Animal meets Link... They weren't lying. And I have to tell you, never been a huge Zelda fan. They're just not captive. That style of Ooh, gameplay that's is... They got a bold statement over there. <laughs> Breath of the Wild was different for me because Breath of the Wild 
was just Zelda doing something that I liked. Mm-hmm. This is Zelda Assassin's Creed. I listen. I like 3D environments. Yeah, I no, like I, open I'm not, worlds. I'm not saying anything wrong about. I'm just. It, I, it was no. I know, but it, I mean, different than the others, which is why you liked it. Tunic reminds me very much of the games that I played before open worlds were a big thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not nostalgic when it comes to gaming in that way. I feel like I personally have finished platformers and finished He's forever these types of adventures. Not to say that it's bad. Right. It, it's very cute. It's very well animated. It's very well designed. Mm-hmm. Um, it has this frustrating aspect where there's no dialogue in the game and the language that the animal speaks is not known to you. So you have to find instructions. Like my menu of controls and stuff like that, I had to find in the, in oh. the, in the world. It's cute. It's immersive. <laughs> it's not for me. Right. I'm not going to give up on it yet, though. If I gave up on things as quickly as I sometimes do, I would have given up on Outer Wilds. That would have been an enormous mistake. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stick to this, play it a little bit more, and we'll, we'll see what happens. I've also been playing Destiny 2. Ugh. Fuck you. I love it. Having a ton of fun yeah. with the Witch Queen expansion. The story has been phenomenal. Um, the story beats are pretty much done for the season, but just so much has happened. Um, the raid is really good. I'm just really enjoying myself. It it feels good to be obsessed with Destiny again. Congratulations. Feels like home. Finally, and this is really, I mean, bear with me. I simultaneously want to talk for 20 minutes straight about all the things I love about Horizon, but I also think that Cedric would die if mm-hmm. I did that mm-hmm. because he doesn't care. He'll be, I, no, not that I don't care. He doesn't I think it's, care. It's an interesting game. I think the lore is really interesting. I like, you know, peek in when you're playing and I'm like, oh, what, what's the story doing now? Oh, that person betrayed. Oh, no, that guy died. That's wild. Like, and not in a facetious way. I'm, I think it's an interesting story. It's just not a game that I would want to play. He's mocking me. No, I'm not. I just think it's, it's the open world 3D adventure, Assassin's Creed. Uh, what's another? Yeah, pick it's a just, new one. Pick a different one. I know. I'm always shitting on it. I'm not, not shitting on it. It's just, it's just one of those games that feels really big to me. And it's I don't, really big. I don't like really big games, I guess. I'm not like. You're not a size queen. <laughs> huh. So here's the thing. Horizon Forbidden West is a more and better version of Horizon Zero Dawn. If you didn't enjoy Horizon Zero Dawn, you're not going to enjoy Horizon Forbidden West. It also keeps the story going literally from the end of the first game. Mm. There are six months in between the end of the first game and the beginning of this game. 
the events that are alluded to in the first game are really the structure of the plot for the second game. So to start, there were updates to the gunplay, and by gunplay, I mean bow play, <laughs> largely. But there are other things in Horizon. It's not just bows. Right. There is a shotgun-like weapon. There's basically a javelin <laughs> that you can throw in this version of the game. Mm-hmm. They added some additional uh tricks to an existing weapon from the original game called the trip caster um and the rope caster where you can essentially like put elemental explodables onto the machines and like create your own explosions think about it like this horizons combat is almost like pokemon that is not where I thought you were going to go with this, but I'm, it's, it's I'm not listening. like Pokemon in the sense that it's turn-based yeah. or like, yeah, yeah. you know, like that, but there are machines that are made up of parts. And if you are a frozen, like if, if you're working in a frigid environment, mm-hmm. you might have a casing surrounding your, you know, chest, your chassis mm-hmm. that has this, uh, cold element called chill water flowing through it. And if I shoot a chill water arrow at a chill water like chassis, that chassis is going to explode and freeze the machine completely. Mm -hmm. Likewise, if I shoot a fire canister with a fire arrow, that bitch is going to explode. If I shoot an acid arrow into like an acid canister, you're going to spray acid all over the machine, et cetera, et cetera. And there are some machines that are weak to some elements and strong against others. And you are basically trying to diversify your weaponry enough, whether you use primarily bows, whether you're mixing all the weapons, all of these different weapon types have this elemental aspect to them. Not Mm -hmm. every ammunition type. There are some like straight up arrows, but you get the gist. That, to me, is just so fun and so engaging. And it's not static either. So there are multiple variations of many of these machines. Not all of the machines, but many of the machines have alternate variations. Mm -hmm. So the most common machines, some of them might have fire things on their backs. Some of them might have this chill water thing. Some of them might have this new element that's kind of like a psionic, like purple magic-y type thing. (laughs) I forget exactly what it's called, actually. It's slipping my mind. But it essentially creates um, an energy blast on the character. And so you are doing damage over time in order to increase the size of that blast. There are just so many interesting and fun ways to engage with the machines and because there are so many variations of the machines, it doesn't really get old for me because Mm -hmm. I enjoy playing with the bow so, so much. There are other ways where the game is completely different from the first one. First of all, you're not like bathed in ignorance the whole time. You are like, you're trying to uncover (laughs) this plot, this new plot. But the first game is very much you coming to terms with this technology that you have access to. Mm -hmm. And you can see a lot of stuff that other people can't see. And they kind of give you a hard time 
like Salem witch trial esque type shit. And so just gaslighting. <laughs> That's what it. That's, that's what it is. so. Part of the plot is that human society essentially rebooted, and because of that, people are worshiping the sun again. And when they see these technological marvels that are still around from the before times, they don't know how to explain that. And mm. so, when they see a hologram, they refer to it as a vision, for instance. So when she's able to quote-unquote, manipulate the visions and stuff, it gives her an otherworldly reputation around her world. Mm -hmm. And in the second game, she's giving more of those pieces of technology to other folks so that people who are, like, running in her crew also know what's up. It's not just her being the conduit for all of this information. And that was very refreshing because I think it would have been annoying to have the entire world continued to be like bathed in ignorance the way that it was in the first game. Right. I also think that that is some of the best stuff in Horizon Forbidden West. If you're not into the lore and the world building that this game is presenting, I can imagine you not having the greatest time. It's intense from what little I saw walking past TV or the bits that you try to explain to me and then I (laughs) (laughs) get confused and ask a million questions. Uh, It's a lot. It's a lot. It's very lore heavy, um, which seems to be your thing. I love that shit. You love lore. I do. Uh, So it makes sense that you also love this. Games with really strong world building just latch on in my psyche. Mm -hmm. It becomes a world that I want to inhabit. And I feel very much immersed in the world when I'm playing this game. They've done such a good job of keeping me really zoned in on the plight of these peoples. Mm -hmm. And because all of it is so interesting to me, I want to listen to all of the dialogue. They're so much fucking dialogue (laughs) in this game. Some people don't really love all of the voice acting, Aloy's voice acting. If you're not into the breathy protagonist, as I've said, like, you might not enjoy it. I love that shit. Like, she really feels like she has the weight of the whole world on her shoulders in every sentence. (laughs) Like... She has a burden to bear, (laughs) and it really comes through. Mm -hmm. Also, she gets hit on all the time and is either completely oblivious or basically is like, I don't have time for that. I love how, is it sexism? Is that, is it like, are people like genuinely interested in her or is it just like a, you know? That's a really good point. Part of what I enjoy about the game is that they do talk about very current social issues, mm-hmm. but from this frame of reference of it's thousand of years in the future and these people don't know shit, but guess what? People still be gay and those are two <laughs> lesbians and some people might have a problem with it, but most people don't. And some of the societies are matriarchal societies. So no, they, they come at her with legitimate respect because mm. they view her as the savior of their city, town, you know, tribe, whatever. Mm -hmm. Whereas there are other 
societies where women are not treated de facto equally. And so there may be elements of like, this hot chick can do things that I didn't think women could do. So I'm attracted to that mm. kind of kind of shtick. Mm-hmm. They really have given us the breadth of human experience in that sense. Like there are trans characters, but that's not the language they use. Right. They just, they are who they are and they explain it in the terminology that their tribe has. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that they've done a really exceptional job of being inclusive. This is not a game where most people are white. Love like that. <laughs> most people are are people <laughs> of color. There is an issue with like repeating some of the models. So, you know, wow. I know that nigga lives in a different town. Why is he over here? <laughs> but <laughs> no. that kind of thing. But again, I'm so immersed that it doesn't bother me. Yeah. I also didn't run into some of the technical issues that people have had. There was a really bad pop-in issue at first on launch. Mm-hmm. I didn't run into any of those things. So from my experience, it was a totally solid game from start to finish, not just because of the combat, not just because of the level design, not just because of the story, but like it's a world that I want to save too. Mm. There's something beautiful about it. I was moved to tears. Oh. On multiple oh. occasions. Both? Oh. First of all. I didn't know this. But there was one particular part where you're helping an agrarian society overcome this blight. Mm. And they used to worship what they called the land gods, which were triceratops machines that were tilling the earth. Like, creating nutrient-rich soil so that humans could plant stuff. Because, again, the machines don't know that the humans are ignorant. Right. That would, yes, yes. Right. Like, they have a purpose, and they're just doing their job. Right. And the humans are often either getting in the way or don't understand what that job is. Got it. So these folks had a very symbiotic relationship, And they kept mentioning that the society is very vocal. Like, they sing when they're having disagreements, when they're, like, discussing things. They call it the chorus. Every aspect of their society was musical and based in song. Mm -hmm. And you didn't really know why, other than that's just what it was. But when you save their society by fixing their machines the machines all start to sing a song. Like, there's, there's no way to describe... They're, they're just making machine noises. Mm-hmm. But to a human, it's a song. Like, it's a song. Mm. And it was just so beautiful and moving because at a certain point, they all start singing it. And because it's a dynamic open world, there are people out in the fields, like, doing their job. And they just stop Mm. what they're doing and they start singing Mm -hmm. when the machines start singing. And it was just, it was so beautiful that it legitimately moved me to tears. Wow. And there are so many moments like that in Mm. this game where they've done such a phenomenal job of really capturing humanity in a way that I think is so beautiful but also very frustrating. The villains are Elon Musk evil. Like, (laughs) 
I hate how he's become the new Jeff Bezos as like our barometer of Imagine <sighs> if Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, Epstein, Elon Musk, and like every other rich billionaire motherfucker got on a ship to avoid the apocalypse and then came back and decided to kill everyone so that they could have the planet to themselves. That's the TLDR plot. Okay. And that was a really difficult thing, I think, for them to pull off because your main character, Aloy, is just so confused. Like, why would you be doing this? Mm-hmm. Look at what you're getting in the way of and look at what you potentially destroyed. There is a huge plot twist at the end. It directly sets up Horizon 3 mm-hmm. or DLC, probably Both. some amount of DLC and Horizon 3, obviously. But... Anyway, a few months ago, there was talk about an, a VR game set in the Horizon universe, and I was kind of like, okay, like, I'm into that, but is it really going to be something that I have to go out of my way to play? And after this, the answer is yes. <laughs> the first game, <laughs> they said, did two tribes. In. Yeah. The first game, they did two tribes. And it was, like, really, like, obviously, I was into it. I loved it. It was fantastic. But I just didn't expect the level of depth in this game Mm -hmm. from what I experienced in the first game, every aspect of the first game is better. The exploration is better. Like again, if you don't like clearing map markers and stuff like that, this is not going to be groundbreaking for you. But if you do like that kind of stuff, this is that perfected. Mm -hmm. There's no wasted space. There's no emptiness. Everything feels dynamic You can ride animals in this game. You can fly in this game. Half the time I am running because it is more interesting to be engaging in this very tactile world than just to be running past everything. Mm -hmm. So I would love to talk more with someone who actually played it to like be in dialogue (laughs) with someone about it. But those are my thoughts. I really think it's going to be difficult for another game to knock it off of my game of the year list for right now. It is just absolutely one of the most beautiful experiences that I've had in all of gaming. I loved it. It was phenomenal. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. It's the highest form of, of compliment. I think you could pay something. Well, all that being said, because I, I can't say much of anything about the game. Yeah. I think that was a show. I think that was a show. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you very much for listening to the show. We appreciate it. Thank you especially to our patrons. Yes. Abner, Emma, Enya, Sarah, Nerdy, Shuli, Mike, Ime, and Cody. We appreciate it. We appreciate it so much. Thank you also for everyone who has rated, reviewed, and subscribed on their platform of choice. Yes, and that is something that you can do if you haven't done it already. I, I don't know why I said that. In something that you could also do is tell a gamer friend. You can, t- what do we say? Tell, tell your living single friends. <laughs> <laughs> Tell your living singles mm-hmm. to <laughs> about the show. Yes, we would appreciate it so much. And with that, we will be back in two weeks ish, a little less. Oh, something to make time. Mm-hmm. Time mm-hmm. is slipping away from me. Did you see that video? 
Probably not. Very funny. Hmm. Very funny. Very not good. All right. We'll catch you later. Deuces. Bye.